0: are listening to Packers Now, get the latest updates on the greeting goal because it's always Packers season at Packers Now. Hello everybody, I'm your host Ben Kurkowski, and today I want to break down our last game against the 49ers and just discuss where the Packers are in the race to the number one seed in the NFC. So let's start by looking at last Thursday's game against the 49ers. This is a hard game for the Packers because it felt like the Packers had nothing to gain from playing this game. If they would have lost or even struggled, the media would say they are terrible and secretly just a terrible team. But if they would have won, which they did, the media is going to say the 49ers are super injured and we're without a lot of guys. Of course they would win. It's kind of frustrating to play a team like the 49ers at times because the media sometimes is very uh, frustrating the way they view these lose-lose situations when it comes to the Packers. Um, But I think there are some bright spots for the Packers to look over even though some other media outlets – might say differently. Number one, this Packers team can blow out bad teams. The Packers won 34 to 17, and that's a three possession win. And that's a huge win. Anytime you can blow out a team is a big deal. Good teams destroy bad teams and win big. And the Packers were able to do this last Thursday. In 2019, the Packers barely beat so many bad teams last year, winning seven games by a possession or less. But now, in 2020, the Packers have won every game that they've won by two possessions or more, except their win, beating the New Orleans Saints, who are a very good team. This proves to me that the Packers are a true top team in the NFL because true top teams can blow away bad teams. Okay, They might win some close ones against really another really good team, but when they play bad competition, when they play games they know they should win, they do, and they win handily. Number two. Our offense is legit. Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams had a day against this 49ers defense. Devontae proved, proved he was, he is the best receiver in the NFL. He had 10 more catches, 173 yards, and a touchdown. I honestly, he leads the NFL in touchdowns, even though he's played two and a half games less than any other uh, player in the NFL. I honestly don't think any other receiver can claim that they are better than Devontae. He's just too good right now, way too good right now. Rodgers was sensational as well. He was 25 for 31, 305 yards, four touchdowns. He's still rated as the best QB in the NFL right now. Uh, We, the Packers, have an elite QB with an elite receiver, and that makes our offense dangerous. Something about our offense, though, opens up when we have Aaron Jones on the field, and we saw that last Thursday. Even though Jones didn't have the best game in the world, just his presence Just opens up our offense as the opposing team has to honor our running game, which opens up more holes in in the defense as they try to defend the pass. And we just saw a whole more rounded offense from the Packers. We still tried to run the ball. It wasn't like amazing by any means, but it was still really good um, because Aaron Jones is an amazing player. Um, But what it did more importantly in this game is it opened up the passing offense for Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams to continue to look elite. If Aaron Jones isn't out there, uh, the Packers don't have that type of flexibility. And we've seen that at times. And it's important that Aaron Jones is healthy and can stay healthy the rest of the year because he really does add something dynamic to our offense. Even if sometimes the stats don't always show it. And then finally, the number three thing I really want to take away from this game. Oh, there's four. Four, uh, But the third thing is we stop the run. The 49ers were held to just 55 rushing yards in this game, and the Packers knew the 49ers were as skilled as anybody running the football, and the Packers stopped them. Our team overall, we still we still missed some tackles at times, but overall, we did a great job keeping the 49ers in check. I'm excited for the Packers inside linebackers to continue to get better. I think they will. Chris Barnes, Kamal Martin, the rookies, they're both going to be back. I'm hopefully going to both be back healthy for this Jaguars game, big game for them to step up, really grow. And then hopefully Christian Kirksey might be back soon as well. Um, the veteran we signed over the offseason who we expected to be the starter throughout the year, he might come back and he, maybe he won't be the starter or maybe he will. Um, but I'm excited to have a veteran presence so that Ty Summers, isn't the guy coming in. If we need that third linebacker at, uh, or an injury or someone needs a break, but Christian Kirksey, and those with those three linebackers the Packers are gonna be set up very well um, to stop the run for the rest of the season then also we just, we just saw guys like Kenny Clark he's getting better every week as his injury uh, that started the year that really slowed him down is finally subsiding and he's starting to gain and just starting to get back to his normal level of play it's not he's not he's not close to how good he's been like he was in 2019 but I think he's getting there he's starting to uh, come back to normal. Uh, because he is, he has been playing worse than he usually does. And then other defensive linemen like Kingsley Kiki has really found his own this year. He has a 78.3 overall grade. And then Tyler Lancaster is doing the same. He has a 69.3 overall grade. And we saw those guys just have an impact in this 49ers game and help stop the run. And that's huge because um, we have big games against some teams that are going to rely on the running game, like the Indianapolis Colts in two weeks. Uh, like the and like the Titans at the end of the year, and those are two of our toughest games left in the season. And if we can't stop the run, uh, we're going to struggle against those teams. Or we're going to get two losses that we shouldn't get. We can beat those teams. They're good teams, but we can beat those teams if if we can stop the run. And I saw that we were able to do that against the 49ers uh, last Thursday. And the last thing, the last takeaway I want to get from this game is we, the Packers, have depth at corner. Yes, the 49ers did make the Packers hurt at times in the passing game as the Packers really focused on stopping the run. But, but before the Jair Alexander injury, which I'm not too concerned about, it's a concussion, it's going to keep him out against the Jaguars, but I think he'll be back after that. And I think Kevin King will be back after that as well. The 49ers could not do anything offensively as the Packers went into the half up 21-3. to And in the third quarter, without Jair Alexander at all, they went up 31-3. to our guys like Jackson, Josh Jackson, Chan Sullivan, Kadar Holman struggled in the fourth quarter a little bit, but these guys have really come a long way. And especially Josh Jackson is, is really starting to find his own. And there's this one stat and it's only, it's only one data point, but I think it's an important data point because it really shows and tells you a lot about a player and how he's playing. And this stat is, uh, talks about per coverage snap, snap this season. So every time Josh Jackson is on the field, on defense, and he is he is supposed to be in coverage, and that's his job, every time that happens and the opposing team is doing a passing play, per coverage snap this season, Josh Jackson has only given up 0.6 yards per play, which is tied for seventh in the NFL. And then Jair is at 0.57 yards per coverage snap. The Packers are the only cornerback duo to rank within the top 10 in the nfl this tells me this tells me a lot that josh jackson is doing his job not always is josh jackson being targeted and that's sometimes a good thing when when you have cornerbacks who are not their names aren't going to be said on tv that means they're doing something right that means they're in tight enough coverage they're doing what they're supposed to be doing or they're not giving up big plays their names aren't being said a lot That is what you dream of. You dream of games where Jair Alexander's name isn't even said, except when the commentators are like, oh, hey, by the way, Jair is playing in this game. He just has shut down people for four weeks in a row. Um, And we're starting to see a little bit of that from Josh Jackson. And this data point shows us that. And soon, Kevin King's going to be back, and the Packers are going to be able to run four deep at corner, which is going to be huge going into the playoffs. When you play against teams like the Buccaneers, who we struggled against, who have so many dynamic weapons, like the Seahawks, who have two top receivers, two number one receivers in the NFL on one team. When you play the Saints and Michael Thomas and Elvin Kamara, when you play these teams, the Packers have to be ready to stop them. And if Josh Jackson can continue to upgrade his play every single week, he can continue to match this. what this data point is telling me about how good he is playing. I'm excited, especially with Kevin King coming back because they both have different things they can do really well. And we can match up then based off of the uh, opponent's receivers and who would be best to match up against them. So now uh, now that we looked at what we can learn from last week's game and some positives, some glows from that, I want to just see how is this NFC playoff uh, standings going. And the Packers right now, if we start with a division in the NFC North, the Packers are in the lead as the top team, being a game and a half in front of Chicago, three and a half, and then three and a half games in front of the Vikings and the Lions. The Packers have yet to even play the Bears, but to be honest, I'm, I'm not too concerned, but the, I think the Bears offense is very concerning as they have struggled to put up points and they average just under 20 points a game right now, which isn't going to work against the Packers who are averaging 31.6 points per game right now. And if that's the case, if the Bears really are struggling that much offensively, it doesn't matter really how good their defense can be at times, because I don't think you can hold the Packers. Yes, you might be able to hold them 25 points, but if your team if is barely able to put up more than 20 points a game, it's not going to matter. It doesn't matter how good your defense is if your offense can't score when you give them opportunities. And that's what I'm seeing from Chicago's offense consistently. The Vikings, the next team, uh, they are a good team and they might be a team who has a crazy second half of the season to make a playoff push, especially if the NFL were to extend this to 18 playoff. But as good as their offense is, I think their defense won't be able to hold up. I don't think the Vikings can win enough games And the Packers lose enough games to compete, especially for the lead in the NFC North. And so I do not see them really being a factor at all. And then the Lions, obviously, are just struggling as they've gotten blown out two weeks in a row. And I don't really see them making a real push at winning the division either. And so I think the NFC North is really the the Packers to win, and I don't see that changing as the Packers have all winnable games left on their schedule unless the Packers were to lose, obviously, like Aaron Rodgers to injury or if the Packers lost, like, both Devontae Adams and Jair Alexander to injury for, like, the rest of the year. Um, But I I don't see that happening, and I think the Packers really do have a chance to win out the rest of the season and come through winning the NFC North. And And that would be great, and that would give them the number one, number two, or number three seed because the NFC East is easily going to have a (laughs) six-win team who wins their division, which is very bad. Um, But that gives the Packers the advantage with the one, two, or three seed. And this brings us down to how we face up against the rest of the NFC. And there are three other major teams who are top teams in the NFC. And those teams are the Buccaneers at six and three, the Saints at six and two, who are leading that division, and then the Seahawks at... At six and two as well, leading their division. These teams have shown at times complete dominance. But each one of these teams, also, like the Packers, have shown that they have major weaknesses as well. What's unique about each of these teams is that each team has a top QB. And I think teams of top QBs are teams that will win Super Bowls. And that's not a coincidence that these teams are the best in the NFC. As I as, and I don't think it is. I think I think sometimes the NFL values rookie quarterbacks, rookie contracts. I do too, because they're cheap and they're easy. Yet I see a consistent trend of young quarterbacks failing to come through at the end when it comes to the playoffs, even though they get their team there. I'm seeing a trend and there's obviously exceptions like Patrick Mahomes and he is maybe the best quarterback. He's going to compete for a long time and might end up competing as being the best quarterback of all time uh, if he continues to play like he is playing. And the Chiefs have the weapons that they do have. But I see a consistent trend. Like I see, I think back at the playoffs over the last couple of years in teams that fell apart that you thought were going to win it all the Ravens with Lamar Jackson, the 49ers and Jimmy Garoppolo, the Rams and Jared Goff. I could keep going. I could keep listing off names, but if you want a team that's going to help you not only get to the playoffs and have a one or two seed, uh, but also a team that's actually going to give you a chance to win a Super Bowl and get you to the Super Bowl and when you're there still give you a real chance to win that Super Bowl, that is one of these top QBs and these are those four QBs in the NFC. Are these four teams that are leading the NFC currently. And each of, each team has a top QB. Um but as I compare these QBs, though, I honestly think Aaron Rodgers is the best. And I know I'm biased. I'm, I'm very biased. But really, I can, I can look at all these guys and I can see faults. First, Drew Brees. Saints, consistently has had games where his lack of arm strength really hurts his ability to play productively. Drew Brees literally has to be perfect. He has to be perfect on every throw, on every anticipation. And he has to have the perfect scheme and the perfect play call. To be perfect, because that's what Drew Brees needs to be perfect. Because his his arm is dying; it is slowly decaying, and we've seen that the last couple years. And yes, we've had a couple good games here where that has not been true. And he has he is playing well; he's playing better than he has the last couple years. But Drew Brees has also consistently had a few games where you see that come through, and you see that arm strength lacking, and it puts him at risk. And I don't think he's going to be able to hold up the whole year playing as perfectly as he has been next Tom Brady Tom Brady is great Tom Brady wrecked the Packers but also Tom Brady has shown some inconsistency inconsistency at times this season and most more importantly his offense just isn't seeming to gel uh, consistently and because his offense is such a big play deep play type of offense that means he needs more time in the pocket Tom Brady doesn't have the legs to stay in the pocket that long. And Tom Brady doesn't have the offensive line who is dominant enough at times to really allow him to sit back there and run their air raid offense they want to run. And because of that, his, sometimes his whole offense just shuts out like it did last week against the Saints. So that is, that is one. So one Drew Brees, not enough arm strength. Tom Brady, little old offense is a little... Not perfect um, working for what Brady has to work with. And then finally, Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is as explosive as any quarterback in the NFL. Even more, maybe. Um, But he also still makes a lot of mistakes. With plenty of turnover-worthy plays, he's had eight interceptions this season. And even just last week uh, in the game they lost to the Bills, he had two fumbles. He's putting the ball on the ground and if you have turnovers you have fumbles that's not going to help your team in the long run no matter how many touchdowns you score. Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers I think right now is the best QB of these four. And if he can keep playing like he can and not cough up the football, Rodgers is the QB I want out of all of these guys. He is. He is. And well that's what's great about Rodgers is he had one game this year where he's thrown an interception. He threw two in that game against the Buccaneers. But Rodgers does not throw picks. Rodgers protects the ball when he gets sacked. His offensive line is amazing. that It keeps him from getting sacked. And he knows when to throw the ball away. And he knows how to throw it away. And when he throws deep, he, he barely has any turnover-worthy plays on the whole season, actually, to be honest. He's not ta- he's taking tons of chances, but his chances are just good. And he's, he's so accurate. It's not even a turnover-worthy play because he's just so good at b- doing what he does. Rodgers is looking amazing, and he is the guy I want on our team. He's the best QB in the NFL right now. All four, and I think he's honestly set. He's on pace to win the MVP. I'd be upset if he he played like this the rest of the season and didn't win the MVP. That would be a huge, very upsetting thing for me. And the next thing I want to look at is the offenses for these four teams. Uh, I think they're all really good. But honestly, I think the Packers may have the advantage to be the best of all three. I think the Packers' offense is legit. We have an elite QB who currently should win the MVP, like I said. We have the number one receiver in the NFL right now in Devontae Adams. Now you add a healthy Aaron Jones to this offense, and the Packers are going to sizzle. When the Packers have even just two of their top three weapons, the Packers are dangerous. And the Packers have won every single game except the Buccaneers game when they had at least two of these three guys, Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams, and Alan Lazard. The Packers are a very good team offensively. They have proved they are capable. They have a they have a capable offensive line with plenty of depth, even amidst the injuries we have suffered throughout this year. And now the Packers are going to be getting David Bakhtiari back, who is arguably the best offensive lineman in the NFL over the last five years. And soon the Packers are going to have Alan Lazard back. And I don't know if you remember the last game Alan Lazard played in, but it was a six-catch performance for 143 yards and a touchdown against the Saints. Then If we start to get even more consistency from MVS like we had last week against the 49ers where he won deep, one big time, and he won with some short area quickness for another touchdown, this offense just won't be able to be stopped. Don't forget about our tight ends who have consistently been threats, not to mention the impact of Jamal Williams and Tyler Irvin that they can have out of the backfield as pass, pass catchers as well. If you look at the Saints offense, they hurt when Drew Brees isn't perfect and he isn't always going to be perfect. The Seahawks have a very bad offensive line and the Buccaneers also offensive line struggles at times. And it doesn't feel like their offense is just, this is not gelling. It's just not working. Um, and the Packers offense can keep up with any of these teams. And now I think the big, the one of the bigger questions though is defensively is defensively. Where are the Packers at compared to these other three teams? And as I look at these teams, I see the Seahawks, they're a joke. They literally have no defense and it's the worst in the NFL We're better than them. Um, then you look at the Saints, the Buccaneers, and Packers, which all of times have shown to have and be very good defenses, but other times they have all given up thirty plus points in games as well. The defense will be the question for the Packers and many other teams. The defense, uh, overall stats wise, is probably the worst or is worse than the Saints and the Buccaneers, um, and it's it's going to come down to probably how healthy your defense is and if they're gelling and if. And I think coaching, gelling, uh, health is all going to play a huge role going into the playoffs on which of these uh, four teams are going to be able to uh, step up, win it big, get to the Super Bowl. The Packers currently don't have many players out with injuries on their defense, though, which is really nice. Um, And they still have all of their major guys. Um, They have their Zedarius Smith. They have their Preston Smith. They have Rashawn Gary. They have Kenny Clark. They have... All of their inside linebackers now. They have their safeties. They have their corners. All these guys can will be able to play eventually. Maybe not yet, but eventually. Um, and none of them are lost for the season, which is a huge, huge blessing for the Packers. Um, and I think if these guys can get healthy, they can get up, back up to pace, they can get healthy, I do think that our Packers defense is going to begin to creep back towards being more like the defense we saw in 2019 rather than the defense we've seen so far this year. The defense in 2019 was disruptive and caused turnovers, and I think the Packers can start to creep back towards that. We're seeing improvements from guys like Kenny Clark, Sidarius Smith, Preston Smith, little improvements, but they're improvements, Adrian Amos in there as well. Um, not to mention Jair right now, best cornerback in the NFL. If he can keep that up, that changes the complexity entirely of your offense. Rashawn Gary is getting healthy. He's going to make an impact. These guys, if they can start to creep back towards being as good as they were last year, and then the guys like Rashawn Gary can start to have an impact as he gets healthy and Jair and Josh Jackson can start to be the players they've been. uh, I think the Packers just proved in the last game they can stop the run. And the Packers have the secondary to stop one of these, any of these dominant offenses that other defenses just really don't have. They don't, other defenses don't have that type of secondary. Um, and so I think the Packers do have a chance to be good enough to get to the Super Bowl with their defense. But probably the most important thing to look at is the rest of the schedule for these other three teams. The Seahawks have four easy wins left on their schedule. But they play in the NFC West, and they have four tougher matchups against the Rams twice, the Cardinals, and the 49ers at the end of the year. And it's important, the timing on that 49ers game, because that's when they should all be healthy again. And the Saints have a fairly easy schedule at the end of the year, actually. But they do have a really tough matchup against the Kansas City Chiefs, which puts them in a pretty good place to lose at least one game. And so the Saints honestly should win. Six. They haven't had a buy yet, so six of their next seven games, um, they should. They really should. Um, but I really don't think they should win against the Chiefs. The Chiefs are a really good team. I don't expect them to win that game. Then the Buccaneers have. Then the finally the Buccaneers have a th- hard three game stretch here. They have the Pan- Panthers, Rams, and Chiefs. And here, if they don't figure out what happened last week, uh, in their huge blowout loss to the Saints, they will most likely lose two out of three Two out of these three games. While the Packers have one of the easiest schedules left of the top four teams left in the NFC. The Packers face four teams with losing records. Those are all supposed to be wins. Then the Packers have two games against the Bears, who do have a winning record, but they look like they're in shambles offensively, honestly. And I don't think they are as good as their record indicates right now. Then the two hardest games for the Packers will come down to playing at Indianapolis against the Colts, Colts, who have a fantastic defense, that is second in the league, which is going to be very tough, and then the Tennessee Titans, who are also 6-2 and and another very tough team who will test us defensively with many playmakers like Derrick Henry, um, who can run the ball all over the Packers. It's going to be a huge test to see if we can still stop the run like we did last week. Um, But the thing is, with the Colts, their offense has looked sloppy, has not been able to be put together in the last few weeks. Uh, and the Tennessee Titans we get to play that game at home uh, in the winter in the dead of winter um, and hopefully that'll be an advantage for the Packers if the Packers win out I can almost guarantee you that the Packers will be in line to get the number one seed for the playoffs and hopefully secure a bye in the first round of the playoffs crossing my fingers we don't add an eighth team Uh, as this The buy is super important as the Packers are struggling to stay healthy as of late and any way to catch a break and give our guys an extra week to get healthy, that's going to go a long way for the Packers. So the Packers have the chance to win the number one seed in the NFC. It's in their hands and it's up to them if they will be coming to play every week from here on out to get to the Super Bowl. So that's all we have today, folks. Kickoff is tomorrow night. Oh, sorry. Kickoff is uh, uh, Sunday at noon against the jacksonville jaguars but we're going to do a little preview on the jacksonville jaguar game in just the next couple days but um thank you guys uh for listening make sure you stay tuned for more episodes and if you haven't already make sure to subscribe give me a review to hear what you guys think about the podcast and tell your friends about packers now so that they can get all the latest updates on the green and gold because it's always Packers season at packers now Thanks,